Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Have you ever witnessed a situation and all you can say is why? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you say that? Why? 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 Like you just, you're baffled, you're confused, you're perplexed. You're perplexed by the entire situation. And no matter how many times you, you talk about it, no matter how many different people talk to you about it, you're just left with, why? I don't, why would they do that? Why? Why? I don't understand. What are they going to gain from that? What good is going to come from this? This is horrible. This is bad. And you just can't understand why. And then sometimes, hopefully, you stop looking at that situation and you go and you look at yourself. And then you realize that there's been countless times in your life and in my life where, well, if anyone was watching what we were doing, they probably were saying, why? Why would they do that? Why did they do that? It makes absolutely no sense. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I know you, you, I know you've looked at other people's lives. I'm like, why, why, why? And if you're honest, people have probably looked at your life and like, why? I don't understand and I, I have been saying why all day. I have been perplexed and confused. I've wanted to turn on the microphone and talk about this situation earlier, but well, it's been a crazy day. That's all I will say. It's been a crazy day. And why? Why? Now with that, I will welcome you to the Theology Central Podcast for this Wednesday, October the 26th, 2022. It is currently 5 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas, where obviously I have been sitting in this studio off and on throughout the day just going, why, why? I, I keep looking at this news article going, what? Why would you, why would you do that? Now, the news article, it involves Mark Driscoll. Y'all remember Mark Driscoll, right? Mars Hill's church, right? The rise and fall of Mars Hill. I mean, one of the most popular podcasts in recent years, especially within the Christian world. And it talked about that dramatic rise of Mars Hill Church in Seattle, right? And then the dramatic fall of it. The rise and fall of Mars Hill or the rise and fall of Mark Driscoll, who was the pastor he took this like little Bible study and turned it into this mega church that was influential around the world. One of the most influential churches at that time in church history. I mean, it's, it's just amazing what happened there. Mark Driscoll was the man. He was the celebrity. He's the one everyone was talking about. And whether he was loved or whether he was hated, everyone knew who he was. Everyone was talking about him. His sermons were being listened to, blog articles. I mean, it, it was just Mark Driscoll was everywhere. And then it all imploded. It all just blew up, right? And next thing you know, he was there was all these accusations about how he was as a leader and as a pastor and bully, abusive, harsh, rude, cruel, all of these things about his character and how he was leading the church and these horrible stories. And then there was the whole, all of the accusations about plagiarism. And then his books were pulled by the Christian publisher because there were sections in there that clearly seemed to be plagiarized. And I mean, it just, it kept building and building. And then it was over. Mark Driscoll leaves Mars Hill's church. Mars Hill Church 
basically implodes and falls apart. And well, then the next thing you know, there's a podcast series about it years and years later, and everyone's talking about it. And nothing, I mean, you could say that the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast, that it it did serve a purpose. It really let people kind of know exactly what happened, hopefully, and I and you and I'm on the internet on record saying this, that what I hoped would happen with Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, because it at least had this profound impact on me, was not so much that I could sit around and go, man, Mark Driscoll, he messed up here, and man, he messed up here, and what were those people thinking in Mars Hill's church, and man, the, why? Like, and just talk about them, I was hoping that what that podcast series would make us all stop and look at ourselves and see our failures and our shortcomings and 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 ask the question instead of asking the question why would mark mark driscoll do this why would mark driscoll do that we would look at ourselves and go why did i do that why did i because there's plenty of things in my life where i i still don't understand why i did it i still don't know what i was thinking and I still know all the pain and harm that I caused. So I, so I, I was hoping that the rise and fall of Mark, of, of, I, I sometimes say the rise and fall of Mark Driscoll because it seemed to be more focused on him than Mars Hill. But okay, but Mars Hill, that it would make us all stop and look at ourselves. But you would think after everything that happened at Mars Hill Church and the church imploding, after all the accusations made about Mark Driscoll and the plagiarism and everything, and then the, the podcast that went everywhere and everyone was talking about. After Mark Driscoll made it through all of that and has since survived all of that, has been a pastor in Arizona now for years, that the last thing he would want to do is stand on stage behind a pulpit while he's preaching a sermon and say anything that would just kind of kick the hornet's nest and bring all and bring all of these issues back to light and create now more controversy and speculation. Why? 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 I mean, the last thing you would want to do is just because so far, I mean, throughout throughout, I think it's fair to say throughout the 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 season one of the rise and fall of Mars Hill and and that podcast and all of the discussions that were going all over the internet about it. For the most part, Mark Driscoll just kind of kept his head down and just kept preaching at his church. I think he was going through Genesis at the time, if I remember correctly, and just kept preaching his sermons, posting his sermons online. And he may have made a couple of references here or there, but I think for the most part, there was no major controversy uh, about him. And obviously, uh, I think he was asked to be a part of that podcast and he, he declined. But for the most part, he kept his head down and just kept moving on. And so here we are, October 2022. Right. Everyone's forgotten about that podcast, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Everyone's forgotten about it. All of the plagiarism charges and everything that happened in Mars Hill. Most people have moved on. So why would in October of 2022, Mark Driscoll would stand on stage and claim, here's the headline, that Mars Hill leaders were plotting to accuse him of adultery. He is claiming that there was a plot put in place by the Mars Hill leadership that they were going to get rid of Mark Driscoll. Once they were going to get him out of the pulpit, either get him out of that church so that they could take over or just completely drive him away from the pulpit forever. He would never be heard from again by accusing him of adultery. And Mark Driscoll is claiming God is the one who warned him that there was a trap set for him. 
Now, the fact, now, early on, Mark Driscoll claimed the reason he was released from Mars Hill is because God warned him to leave and that a trap had been set. So he's been saying that forever, but now we supposedly know what the trap was. If he would have stayed to go through the process of restoration or discipline, he was going to be accused of adultery. That would turn into a media firestorm and he would be destroyed for ministry. That is basically what he is claiming. And it's coming out in October 2022. Like, what? Why? Why now? Like, what? What is it? Who does that help? Does that help Mark Driscoll? Does it help Mars Hill? Who does it help? Does it help Christianity Today who produced the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast so they now have some new episodes to make? Like, who who benefits in this? Everyone's going to look bad. And now it's going to be, no, I didn't say it. No, he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. Everyone's going to be pointing fingers. And you're just like, couldn't everyone just move on? Or what would be even better if there could be some kind of reconciliation and restoration? Would that not be, wouldn't it be wonderful if somehow, I mean, just, just from a like biblical perspective, the idea of redemption and restoration and forgiveness and mercy and grace, wouldn't it be beautiful if somehow one day Mark Driscoll and all, and many of the former elders and leaders could get back together and there was confession, and there was forgiveness, and there was repentance, and there was healing, and Mars Hill could be reestablished in Seattle just as a sign of, of the power of God and forgiveness and restoration and mercy and forget well, the, what the gospel is supposed to be all about, broken sinners who are forgiven by a completely holy God who is loving, merciful, and gracious. Wouldn't that be a beautiful story? But no, 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 no. Now, all the way in October 2022, we're going to get accusations of a plot. When I saw the story this morning, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I guess the story was published last night at uh, October 25th at 6.01 p.m. I didn't see it last night. I saw it this morning, and, I, and but I had plenty of other things going on this morning. So I was like, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? What is happening? What do I do with this? What do I do with this? And I want to make it very clear. I'm not here to say, I've been reading comments about it. And like, Mark Driscoll's a liar and he's this and he's got a psychological condition. He's a narcissist. He's a megamaniac and all of the different things that, that they're, everyone's claiming. And I'm like, no, I just don't understand why. What, what is happening? Here's a little bit of the story, and I have the audio. I found the sermon. It's the most recent sermon. If you look up the Mark Driscoll podcast, it's the most recent sermon. He's in the book of Nehemiah, and basically, how do you deal with your enemies? So obviously, he's going to talk about his enemies. But here's a little bit here. Um, The sermon was preached on October the 23rd. Mark Driscoll, who resigned from Mars Hill Church in 2014, aimed allegations of... uh, uh, Let me read this again. Mark Driscoll, who resigned from Mars Hill Church in 2014 amid allegations of bullying and arrogance, is now claiming church leaders were plotting to accuse him of adultery if he didn't resign. I don't know why everyone leaves out the plagiarism. The plagiarism. I mean, that... Okay, but all right. Driscoll, who currently uh, who is who currently pastors the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona, made the explosive claim 
and a sermon last Sunday. So he, so let me read this again. So Mark Driscoll, who resigned from Mars Hill Church in 2014 amid allegations of bullying and arrogance, is now claiming church leaders of Mars Hill were plotting to accuse him of adultery if he did not resign. That's the accusation. Driscoll, who's the pastor of Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona, made the explosive claims in a sermon last Sunday on Nehemiah. Driscoll alleged that the plot, that that prior to resigning for Mars Hill, God told him that a trap was set. Then during an 18-month hiatus following his resignation, Driscoll said he met multiple times at Panera with some critics and enemies who used to be best friends, some who are pastors and some who are still pastors. And I guess in these meetings, he was told, hey, this was the plot. This was the trap. Now, I've always had problems with the story from this perspective, because according to Mark Driscoll, the way this went down, okay, so he was supposed to go through this kind of discipline restoration process. Then supposedly he's in his house, he's in one room, he's in another room, and basically at the same time, God speaks to Mark Driscoll's wife and to Mark Driscoll and tells them both at the same time, you need to leave, you've been let go, you've been set free, you can leave the church. You don't need to go through the process, you don't need to go through the restoration process, the discipline process, I'm releasing you, you're free to go, and Mark Driscoll, not his wife, Mark Driscoll was told, they've set a trap for you. And so instead of going through the process, Mark Driscoll, boom, resigns and leaves. Now, I've never liked that because, one, I don't believe God speaks to us outside of the scriptures. Um, but I just think it's, you know, it's also it's very convenient that God tells you, hey, don't go through this process. Go ahead and leave town. You're good to go. I think that that's awful, awfully convenient, right, that you don't have to go through the process. But I've always had the problem with the story. But let me make it make it very clear. Let me make it very clear. I've said over and over and over that everything happened to Mark Driscoll I don't want to make it about Mark Driscoll. I want to make it about a lesson about all the mistakes I've made, about all the mistakes made in churches all around the country. We always like to make other people's failures about them and kick them and kick them and kick them and kick them and talk about them and talk about them. We've all got enough sins, right? So so I, I don't want to make it about that. But I thought what we would do, we're going to do two things. In this episode... We're just going to listen to the audio up from the sermon where he sp- specifically talks about what everyone else is report everyone else is talking about what el- everyone else is reporting. We're just going to listen to that audio. Then either I don't know if we'll do it tonight because I have I, I almost forgot that it's Wednesday, so I have church tonight. So um, I don't know if I'll do a late. I may do some late night broadcasting. We will see. If not tomorrow. What we'll do is we'll review the entire sermon. And the reason I want to review the entire sermon is I don't like when Pete, when one clip gets taken out of someone's sermon and then everyone talks about it. Now, in this one, in this episode, I am going to be doing that only because I'm limited in my time, but we will be reviewing the entire sermon. We will be reviewing the entire sermon because I'm just curious, well, how he handles the book of Nehemiah and then just what he has to say in regards to how to handle your enemies. Um, so, and it just gives him the opportunity to be heard in full where everyone else and all the other podcasts and all the other blogs are only going to play the clip that everyone's talking about and take it out of its context. I always like to let preachers be heard in their full context, whether I agree or disagree. Okay, is that fair? So for now, for this episode of Theology Central Podcast, 
Here is what Mark, Dr- Mark Driscoll said on October the 23rd, 2022. Please note, 2022. And it just seems so out of the blue and random. Hey, I know what I'll do. I'll bring up Mars Hill. I'll bring up what happened to me. I mean, after everything that's occurred and I've made it through it, let me kick up the hornet's nest one more time. It makes absolute, absolutely no sense to me. I, he doesn't gain anything. No one gains anything in this. But here is what was said. I read Nehemiah 6 and it brings a certain amount of oppression on me. Now, Nehemiah is a very godly man, more godly than me. And he's being attacked and accused. Um, Some years ago, um, we were in a season where massive media firestorm, lots of conflict and controversy. Um, Said, okay, investigate everything. I know I'm not disqualified. I know who I am. I can't wait to stand before Jesus. It's gonna be a great day for me. Now, I don't like that comment. Go ahead, investigate me. I can't wait till I stand in front of Jesus. It's going to be a great day for me. Whoa, 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 whoa. The only reason it's going to be a great day for us is because of an imputed righteousness, not because of how good we are, all right? Because I don't care how good you think you are, there is enough sin in your life to send you straight to hell. If you look to yourself, you should always say, I don't know how I can be saved. And when you look to Christ, you should say, I don't know how I could ever be lost. All right? That's a paraphrasing Luther there. So I'm going to back that up. He is going to go on to say he's not perfect, but he seems to focus on, hey, I can stand before Jesus and I know that I'm good because, hey, I know that I'm good. And I I just, ugh. That, that just bothers me a little bit, but okay. I, I just know this. When I stand before Jesus, I, I'm good. I'm good because I'm in Christ. But I know that if Christ was to look at all of my life, he'd be like, what are you doing here? You're a vile sinner who doesn't deserve anything but hell. And all I could say is amen to that. And I hope all of you know that is true of you as well. You may be more godly practically than I am, but you still got enough sin in your life that you deserve judgment just like I do. Everything, I know I'm not disqualified. I know who I am. I can't wait to stand before Jesus. It's gonna be a great day for me. Not that I'm perfect, but I, I know who I am and I know who he is. And, uh, and we were asked to return and I'll share something with you I've never shared. I don't know if it's a good idea or not. I'll ask Grace. She just, she did this. So, okay. So um, <laughs> I say that makes me a little nervous. Like he doesn't know if it's a good idea. So he looks to his wife. She kind of shrugs her shoulders. Wait, wait. So none of you know for sure if it's a good idea. This is a good time when you get ready to say something in a sermon. And I have done this so many times. I've even said, I don't know if this is a good idea. And then I go ahead and do it. That's always usually a sign to me. I shouldn't have done it. All right. I'm not saying that that's always the case. But I just know too many times I'm getting ready to say something. I'm like, wait, should I do this? Should I do this? Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And then you usually live to regret it. I don't know what made him think that this was October 2022, and you're going to go revisit basically 2014? That's And that's already been revisited with the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast? Like, why? Why would you want to bring any more attention to that entire situation? Why? I just, it's just mind, mind boggling to me, but you know what? I, 
I don't know why I do the things I do either. Do we, does anyone really know why we do what we do? Okay, here we go. Here, here's what's getting ready to happen. Just listen. Um, so um, I was in one end of the house. Grace was in the other. God spoke to us both, said, you're re- released. You need to resign immediately. And God told me a trap is set. He didn't tell Grace that. So she came in. She's like, God just spoke to me. I was like, God just spoke to me. And uh, I said, what did you hear? She said, we're released. I said, I heard we're released. And that trap was set. And that's the story. Now, to be fair, he's been telling that story forever. Again, I just find it very convenient. Hey, we don't have, God tells us to resign immediately. We don't have to go through the discipline process. We don't have to go through the restoration process. We're good. We're good. We're out. Because God told us that we're good to go. I mean, that's, again, I, I reject that on theolo- theological grounds because I don't believe God speaks to us in any other way than through the scriptures alone. Because anything else becomes subjective, like right here. Well, wait a minute. Wouldn't the Bible tell you to go through the restoration process? Well, not if God tells you that you don't have to, then you're free to go. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I sometimes wish I could do that in my own life. Hey, guys, I know you say this and say this, but God told me that you're all wrong and that he knows what really happened. And, and I mean, I could, I could, I mean, everyone could play that game, but okay. So according to him, God says you're, you're, you need to resign immediately. You're released. And then he tells Mark Driscoll specifically, a trap has been set. So God was there looking out for Mark Driscoll and was going to help him to avoid the trap. What was the trap? Because all of these years, we've never been told until now. So, so we walked away, didn't defend ourselves. Uh, took 18 months, didn't do social media, didn't do public ministry. Just wanted to heal up and be with my family and get them into safety in a very dangerous season of our life. And so during that time, I met with some of my critics and enemies, one-on-one or small group, people that had been friends, people who claimed to be Christians, some who were pastors, some who still are pastors. And I, I asked them, I said, uh, I said, God told me a trap was set. So I asked them, I said, do, do, do you know what that might be? And these people that we had known said, uh, yeah, the nuclear option was we were going to accuse you of adultery. This was at Panera, multiple meetings at Panera. It's like, you guys discussed accusing me of adultery. Now stop right here. Why would you even say this? Because immediately you know what now is going to happen. Who was in the meeting at Panera? Let's talk to them. Let's bring them onto our podcast. Let's interview them. And then we can prove that Mark Driscoll lied from the pulpit. Now that's going to put him, or he's going to have to, does he have any proof otherwise? Does he have audio recordings of the meetings that he can say, see, they're liars. So, so what's the truth? Now it's going to be everyone's, now every podcaster, blogger, person on social media, TikTok, they're going to be exploring, looking for the truth. So now we're going to go digging back into 2014 history, bringing up every dirt so that more accusations can be made, so that more lives can be torn up, up apart. For what purpose? God's glory or podcast downloads? Why would he... Oh, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. And why now? Okay, so, so he's he's baffled. Wait, wait, y'all were gonna do this to me? Y'all were going to accuse me of adultery? He goes on to say this. 
I was like, you know that's not true. I've been faithful to my wife my whole life. I adore my wife. I love my wife and she loves me. We've been faithful to each other. We've been open our whole marriage about any struggles we have had because we know that every married couple has some hardship to go through. And we have never been dishonest, but we have never done that. We've never done anything remotely like that. They said, yeah, that's why we kept it as the nuclear option. I was like, to get me what? They said, to get you out of the pulpit. They said, because we knew that if we accused you of adultery and enough of us signed the open letter, that ultimately there would be such a media firestorm that you would have to exit ministry, exit preaching God's word for probably a year while a full investigation was done. During that time, we could take over and lead and be in charge. And and then we figured one of two things would happen. Either you would come back, but we would be in charge or you would never come back and you'd be done forever. I came home, I told Grace, I was like, Oh my gosh. Multiple people told me that to my face on separate occasions and days. I want you to be, if I'm gonna be your pastor and I love you, I promise you this, I'll always tell you the truth. And I want you to love and honor and respect Christian leaders and pastors. Don't assume the worst, assume the best. And don't believe everything you hear and don't contribute to the gossip that just takes lies and gives them life. The old preacher, Charles Hedden Spurgeon, he once said, he said, a lie can get around the world before the truth can get its shoes on. Now, I I, I think that's good to respect Christian leaders, maybe hope for the best or, or, or think the best and maybe prepare for the worst. And it is true that gossip will send lies around the world before the truth can get its shoes on. There's so much truth to all of that. There is so much truth to all of that. But what, what is that going to, what he just said, what is that going to accomplish? What is that going to accomplish? There's going to be now accusations. There's going to be, it's just going to be a free for all now. Because you know, people are not going to leave this alone. They're like, well, who said it? At what meeting? Who was in the meeting? So now they're going to be contacting everyone who possibly, there's probably Christianity Today for the the people who produced the rise and fall of Morris Hill. They're going to be now trying to contact everyone who was at the meetings at Panera, get a list of all the names, and then have them say, nope, that never occurred, that never occurred, that never occurred, which then is going to come back. And then Mark Driscoll is either going to have to prove it, or he's going to have to admit that he's a liar, or he's going to have to say they're lying. And now it's just going to be now everyone making accusations. And we're in 2022, going back to 2014. What? What? Why, 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 why? Now, I'll leave it there for now. I'll leave it there for now. And then tonight, we'll try to review this entire sermon. We'll try to review the entire sermon. But I wanted you to at least hear what is going on. And we'll talk about this more later. But I, I, I don't have anything profound to say. Other than now, yeah, the very thing you're saying you don't want to happen, gossip and slander and lies, well, now you've just created a situation where there's going to be gossip and there's going to be accusations of slander and there's going to be accusation of lies. For a sermon illustration? All right, I'll stop there. If you've listening to us on the Church One app and Sermons 2.0, 
something's going on with the connection. It keeps turning red. I don't know why. Uh, everything else on our Spreaker is is working fine. So um, I will upload this to uh, Church One and Sermons 2.0 in just a minute, and then you'll get the uninterrupted uh, version of this. I don't know what's going on with the internet, but on Spreaker, it's fine. On Church One and Sermons 2.0, it has turned red 15 times. So um, that's one of the reasons I'm also going to end this in case we are about to lose internet. All right. I think we're good to go. You can let me know your thoughts to the why. To Let's not talk about Mark Driscoll. Let's just talk about why and then what we can learn about ourselves. Why? Why do we sometimes do things that are so self-destructive and hurtful for what purpose? I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why he did this. I, I, I'm just baffled by it. All right, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. If you're listening to me on Sermons 2.0 or Church 1, I will upload this in just a second because I, I, once again, I see the light light just turned red. I don't know what's going on. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, And uh, well, 7 p.m. tonight, Central Time, we'll be talking about law and gospel. And then later tonight, there's lots of things we need to talk about tonight. So maybe we'll do some late night broadcasting. Thanks for listening. God bless.